good. Well, it's awesome to be here. I'm excited. Going to have fun. Um, great worship, man. I, my name is Pastor Chris, so I'm a pastor at Connection Church, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. My beautiful wife, Belinda, is here with me today. Yes, I'm married so far up. It is ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, man, I love your pastor. I love, I love Mike and Jessica. They're great people, but Pastor John, I love Pastor John. See, it's going to be a little different than probably what you're used to because the people that have been here before, they're friends with Pastor John. All right, I'm, I'm more than a friend with Pastor John. We're, he, here's what I say about Pastor John. In ministry, there's a lot of pastors, leaders that are CEOs that want to be great leaders, but your pastor is a father. Um, he's a father. His goal, his passion is to raise up the next generation. He's been that in my life. So I'm in daddy's chair today. And y'all are in trouble because I asked Daddy, I said, can I just go ahead and bring it? And he goes, give it to him. So, and my dream has always been to be a big black preacher. So this side of heaven, you're laughing, but you'll find out. It's going to happen. All right. See, people in Wisconsin can't handle that often. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get going and they're like, oh, whoa, he's getting loud. (laughs) <laughs> and then also, you know that comes with some other things, too. Like, I don't even know why you got that clock up on the wall. That don't even matter. <laughs> right? And have a good time today. All right. So, I am uh, doing a message today that when Pastor John asked me if I'd come and do this, it was a series that I was in that I really felt like God used to really speak to our congregation. It was a series called The God I Never Knew. If there is one part of the Trinity has been more misrepresented, misunderstood, or distanced, it would be the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I understand. We've got all kinds of different people in the room today, all right? I got some people that I say Holy Spirit, and they're like, whoa, you know, and they're about to do a jig around the church. (laughs) Settled it down, all right? And then there are other people like, well, I'm not sure about all that emotionalism and all that kind of stuff. I've been on both sides, right? I've worked at an inner city Baptist camp for at-risk youth where we believe, they believe that nothing was happening today anymore. All that happened back in the day, nothing was for today. I've also worked at a mega church um, with a multi-million dollar TV ministry, a word of faith kind of church where there were no chandeliers, but if they were, somebody would have been swinging from them, right? Like, I'm not even playing. In the middle of service on a, on a consistent basis, somebody would feel like they needed to do a victory lap around the church, okay? I'm thankful that isn't that way, right? And if you get up and do a lap, I'm going to have somebody tackle you because that's weird, all right? And, and I didn't understand all that stuff. And so, so my hope today is to try and stay, keep this somewhere in between because though I'm not sure we need to be running around like we're crazy, I also am not—actually, I'm, I'm quite convinced— that there is a purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life today. And that if we can learn to walk with Him, it will transform us into being what it is that Christ intended us to be. Now, here's what we need to understand. The Holy Spirit was such a big deal that this is the person that Jesus said, it's good that I leave you. It's good that I go away because if I don't go, He can't come. And He is what, it's going, he is what you are going to need to go to the next level. He's what you're going to need to reach this world with the message of hope that I've brought to you, 
right? Jesus understood he couldn't do this by himself, that the Holy Spirit needed to come because the Holy Spirit would indwell in each and every one of us as believers in Jesus. Now let's clarify something. I believe every person in this room, you receive the Holy Spirit when you say yes to Jesus, when you make him the Lord and the leader of your life, you are empowered with the Holy Spirit. It is not, uh, it is not contingent on whether you have a gift experience or not. Do, do we understand one another? Because there's different camps. Some people say, well, unless you talk in that language, you don't have it. No, the Bible says he takes out that old spirit in you and puts his spirit inside of you. Okay, and so so I just want to lay a foundation so we're all on the same page. You don't think there's some special revelation or you have to have some demonstration of a gift to have the Holy Spirit. If you've said yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. All right. So on that foundation, let us go into this, because I believe this message has the ability to change lives this morning. Now, when I lived in Colorado, that's where that big church was. Um, I heard a story. This story was about some, some, I don't know if they call them rednecks, but they were like mountain people that were weird, like rednecks, like had cars all over their front yard, you know, like just kind of weird stuff. Now, if you're in this room, you have cars all over your front yard, you're weird too, so it's cool. Um, Anyway, this story was about these guys, they were out in the woods, and they were hunting, and they came across like a wounded eagle, all right? And they're stupid, so they're like, hey, this would be a great pet. So they decide to take it home, and in the middle of the yard around those cars was a stump. And so they came up with a brilliant idea. Let's take a stake and stake it to the stump, and then let's put a chain on the end of this eagle's leg, and it'll be like our front yard pet. That would be cool, won't it, Bubba? Yeah, I think that's real cool. (laughs) So what happened was they chained this eagle to this stump in their front yard, all right? And the eagle, because it's wounded and it can't fly very well, it starts this pattern to just kind of circle in the stump because it has this change. Well, eventually, though, the, the wound started to heal. Eventually, it would start to spread its wings. And how many understand that eagles were never made to circle a stump? They were made to soar, right? And so, so this, now there was just enough chain that this eagle would start to think, you know what, my, my wings are feeling better. It's time to fly. And as it would get ready to fly, it would be circling the stump. And finally, it's like, I'm tired of circling. It's time to go. And it would get ready, put his wings, start flapping, and it would get as long as that chain and smash back down to the ground. Well, Boba thought that was funny, idiot. And see, so here's what happened. Eventually, the eagle didn't even try to fly anymore. It just circled the stump. Day in and day out. It just kept walking around that same stump. The unofficial title of this message is Stop the Insanity. You've heard, this, you've heard the expression before. Uh, the definition of insane is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something to change. Um... Yet many of us, we live our lives more like this eagle, circling, right? Same issue, same struggle, same sin, same thing keeps tripping us up over and over again. And some of us, we don't even try anymore. We just circle. Oh, it's a good, it's good you came to church this morning, right? That's a good step. But how many know it's more than just coming to church? I say this to my church every week. I really don't care about Sunday. I care about your other six days. Here's what I believe, man. God didn't come to build a church. He came to build his kingdom, right? I'm not trying to fill up my church with a bunch of people. I'm trying to take the people that are in my church, get them walking with the Holy Spirit, send them out to a world that does. People shouldn't have a limit of whether they get to hear who Jesus is because they come to church or not. 
We should all be representing him on a daily. You understand what I'm talking about? For that to happen, we've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. How are we going to do that when we're still circling the same issue, the same struggle, the same sin, the same patterns in our life? Anybody, does this sound familiar to you? Because I know it's the same for me, all right? And I struggle with this because here's what's my, my, my detriment is this. Why do I keep doing this when I have the ability to come away? Do I just keep circling? Why do I keep going around the same issue again? John 14, 16 through 17, and just pay attention up on the screen. It says this, Jesus speaking, he said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives in you and will be in you. Now, let me start in our world. Let's start in the church before we come to your world. Because churches have tendencies to circle as well. You know what I'm talking about? Churches have a tendency to walk around the same issue, to go in the same kind of holding pattern over and over again. All right? Now, if you think about most churches, they're a lot like Jesus. They're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? Some of you are like, praise the Lord. That's a good thing. It's good for God. We want him to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. However, the church, I believe our message should always be the same, but our methods have to be negotiable. We've we've exchanged the idea of of method for orthodoxy. We want us to believe that that everything's got to be the same way, and what happens is we get stuck going around the same thing. Why are we doing that when we, we serve a Holy Spirit that when he came onto the scene, things happened, things changed. You understand things were different. Now, you'd remember what happened. Jesus died, he said, and then he came to the Mount of Transfiguration. He went up to heaven, but before he went, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to wait in an upper room, and I'm going to come to you. Don't leave. Don't leave, because you're not going to be able to do anything until I empower you. Don't try to do this on your own. Now, if you don't understand that, listen, here's what you want to do. Study scripture. Check out Jesus' life. See that he never did one miracle. He never did one thing according to scripture until he received the power of the Holy Spirit. His miracles did not start until after his baptism with John. Where the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. All right? Now, make sure you pay attention to them like words. Because the Holy Spirit is not a dove. He's not fluttering around all over the place. Okay? Okay? And so they're in this room. They're waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says there was like a rushing wind. So there was this loud sound that they couldn't even describe. And then on them rested like cloven tongues of fire. Again, like fire. It wasn't that the Holy Spirit is a little flame running around all over the place going, oh, there he is, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity who Jesus gave us to empower us to live out this Christian life. So they had this experience as they were waiting for God. So when the Holy Spirit showed up, it was distinctive. People heard a sound that they had never heard before, like a rushing wood wind. They couldn't even explain it, like tongues of fire. They spoke in unknown languages, and in fact, it got so crazy that the people around were going, I think them fools had way too much to drink. They, it seemed like they were drunk, all right? So when the church was birthed, They saw something they had never seen, they said something they had never said, and they heard something they had never heard. The church was birthed in change. The church was birthed in transformation. I'm not saying that the church needs to be contemporary, saying everything that the world is saying and acting like the world, but but here's the thing. 
hearing we're supposed to be doing what we're that's not being done we're supposed to be hearing things that haven't been heard yet god has called us to hear these to say what's not been spoken and to see prophetically what no one else is seeing that's what we're called to do as a church but the truth is how do we do that without the power of the holy spirit see too often i think we just get comfortable here's what i found about this stool eventually I start to wear it out. I start to wear a little trench around my stool. And it's real comfortable to stay in this position. Because to go someplace that I've never gone before means I got to step into something that I've never stepped into before. And we like comfortable, right? We're scared of change. What if I miss it? What if I miss out? What if I lose something? See, and I believe that's why the Holy Spirit had to encounter these men because it would have been comfortable to stay in that room. They just watched their leader die. They just watched the man who they thought could take care of it. Now, he came back, but then he left him again. How can we step out? What's going to happen to us? See, and I believe that's why we all need to be walking with the Holy Spirit so we can come away from some of these things because I'm going to be real honest. I'm not the best witness of Jesus when I'm walking and circling my sin issues, when I keep circling my struggles. To be the follower of Jesus I'm called to be, I've got to fix my eyes on him and follow him so the world gets to see what this is supposed to look like. It's good you come to church, but would somebody know who Jesus is because they watch your marriage? Now I'm stepping on toes, but daddy said I could, so it's okay. <laughs> Man, if we are truly uh, spirit-empowered people, not only are we empowered by the Holy Spirit, but we hear what's not being heard, and we see things that aren't being seen. I believe our job is to bring heaven to earth in a way that is relevant to our 2017 culture. I believe we have to be understanding that if we're going to reach a generation that is far from Jesus, and if you study culture and you study the generations, the church is, or the, the world is moving to more and more of a post-Christian. And I know there's some of my lovely saints who are like, oh, Jesus, come on back soon. So we, uh, it's getting really bad around here. Yeah, but you know what? The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. I believe that standard is us. And the standard isn't just to, to plant our feet in the ground. Here's what I love about our, our world becoming more and more post-Christian. It means they don't know. They know nothing. That means I get to give them a firsthand representation of who Jesus is, and it's not clouded with all this messed up religion stuff. It's an opportunity, church. It's an opportunity to start seeing the world more like the book of Acts than grandma and grandpa's church. It's an opportunity to go out into a world that's looking for answers, and you get to be the answer. But only if you're walking and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Church, you are empowered by the Spirit of God. The same Spirit, like I said, that Jesus did no miracle until he received it, the Bible says, now lives in you. Did you know that God chose you for this moment in history? That you're not a product of time, but you are a product of eternity. That God plucked you out of eternity and positioned you in this time for such a time, for such a moment. Southside, let me just speak to you for a minute. Because here's the truth, and I'm learning this as a lead pastor. Sometimes, as pastors, we end up doing this. Know why? Because this is where our people are. 
And just like Moses, who I'm sure didn't want to wander a desert for 40 years, but he couldn't go to the next place because the people were still stuck around here. And a good leader understands that if I try to take people and they're not ready to go, that we're going to have rebellion and everything's going to fall apart. So here's my encouragement. Ask yourself this, Holy Spirit, am I standing in the way of what Pastor John feels like God wants to do in this community, in this church? Because it's, it's, it's uncomfortable for me to not do this instead of walking into what God has for me. Ask yourself that question. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in the one to stand in the way of where God's trying to take somebody because I'm afraid of what might happen if we come away from what we've always done before. Here's what I love. I've been to this church, it's been a few years ago, but I see a lot of new faces, a lot of younger faces. It tells me this, God's moving. God's moving. He's pouring out to that next generation. Okay? And, and those of you who are in this church, you've been in this church for a long time. Some of you might be freaking out right now, going, oh, oh my gosh. They got, listen to them drums and that dance and music and painting things black and everything's getting crazy around here. Don't leave us. Don't leave us. Because if I didn't have a Pastor John, I'd have made a lot of dumb mistakes as a pastor. We need you. We need your wisdom. We can learn things from books, but there's certain things that only come from wisdom, from time, from experience. And I say this to my church all the time, as long as you still got breath in your body, God's still got a purpose for your life. And it may not be happening exactly the way you thought it would happen, but understand this, it changed when you took over too. Because there was a time everybody wanted the hymns, and then the hymns went away, and oh Lord, what are we going to do about that? But you realize that back, back, back in the day, nobody wanted the hymns because those were the bar tunes that were being taken from the bar and putting Christian music to it. You didn't know that, did you? You're like, what? Don't get caught up in the method. The message is what matters. And you should be excited to see your church growing and to see new people coming into the kingdom. He's not called the church to run away and hide and freak out or to be irrelevant. He's called us to rise up, to be a light in the midst of darkness and to bring life and hope to a broken world. I love Matthew 16, 13. It says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. You know what Jesus is doing right now? Building his church. Who is his church? It's not Southside. It's not my church, it's not the Catholic church, it's not the Lutheran church, it's not a building or an affiliation, right? The church is every person who believes Jesus Christ is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. Why does he want to build his church? Because he wants to set you free into a community that's far from him so they might know who Jesus really is. And it shouldn't be limited to whether they walk through those doors or not. I'm so tired of this mindset. Let's bring everybody to church. Bring your friends. Bring your friends. Bring. Forget that. Go be Jesus every place you go. Walk with the Holy Spirit in such a way that any place you walk into, they're having church. Because you showed up. And I'm not saying be weird and wear the shirts and like stand up on your lunch table and say stupid things. I'm saying just love Jesus in such a way that you are infectious, that you're contagious. Be walking with the Holy Spirit in such a way that people get around you. Live your life in such a way that people look at your marriage and say, I don't know what it is about you, but you got something I need. Right? Come on, church. That's what it's supposed to look like. It was never supposed to be. But Jesus didn't do that, did he? Come see me. Come see. He said, go tell. He brought his disciples in, he empowered them, and then he said, go tell, right? 
I think we got to get off this mindset that it's all about building our, because as a pastor, for real, oftentimes that gets caught up in my pride. And I love Pastor John because this is his heart as well. We're not about come see, come see, man, go tell. Live your life in such a way that you tell, that you speak this message in a way that people have never heard it before, all right? So he's not coming back, like I said, for buildings or affiliations. He's coming for people. And you, if you are a follower of Christ, you are his church. And he can build his church. How is he going to be able to build his church when his people keep marching around the same issue, the same struggle? Here's the truth. The devil understands he cannot stop what God's doing. He may not be able to stop you, but he sure does like to distract you. And there's some of you, you're way distracted on a lot of things. And God's saying, I'm tired of this. This is not my intent for you. This is not my purpose for you. Maybe we just forgot what the Bible says. When God calls us, he equips us, right? When God calls, he enables. When God calls, he provides. When God calls you, he qualifies you. When God calls you, he equips, provides, qualifies, and enables us. Does this through the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of God that is here with us on this earth. This is what I want you to know. You can partner with him, right? You can walk with him. He wants to be a part of your life on a daily. Now, Let's come to your world. Let's come out the church and let's come to you because you are the church. You make up the church. The way you live your life represents who God is. So Jesus has this conversation with his disciples. In John verse 7, verse 39, he said this. He said, when he said, the living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit has not yet been given because Jesus has not yet entered into his glory. Now, this statement was something that when the audience heard this, they never heard anything like this before. The average Jew never had a hope of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That was something special that was given to very special people, like a prophet, a priest, or a king. Here's my question. Why do we, today do we still feel the only way is to go to these people to get better? right? We've got to go talk to the pastor. I got to go talk to this person. I got to go have a conversation with this person to get to a different place. I believe that the same power of the Holy Spirit is inside of us, has the power to help us move away from these things. Let me ask you a question. Who do you go to when things are rough? Who do you go through when things are difficult? I know what the Sunday school answer is. I go to Jesus. Really? Really? I mean, I know it's the right answer, but is it really your answer? Is he the one that you run to when you're caught up in the same sin pattern that you feel like you can't get out of? Is he the one that you run to when you keep wrestling with that same thought, that same idea? See, I believe that that's what we want to be true, but as a pastor, I got a lot of people coming to me on a daily trying to help me fix their problems. Can we just be honest for a second? There is no silver bullet. So many people are looking for the answer. I'll tell you what the answer is. It's to stop circling and to start walking with Jesus on a daily basis. It's to understand that when I fall back into this pattern and I see myself circling again, I need to stop, fix my eyes back on Jesus and start walking with him again. There's no, there's no like quick solution. If there was, Pastor John and I, we would have found it, we would have marketed it, and we'd have made, you would have had no budget issues. We sell that quick. I know there's every once in a while you come into a congregation and someone goes, well, I just said one prayer and all my issues were gone. That's wonderful. Don't talk to us. We hate you. Because the most of us, 
the most of us, we got to walk this thing out on a daily basis. Why? Because my job is to show people who Jesus is. And if I can fix it with one prayer, that's not going to work for everybody. It's never been my story. My story has always been I've had to process through my stuff, through my junk, through my hardships, through my struggles. So if you're like me, we're all in good company. I'll tell you why I believe most of us are not walking with the Holy Spirit. We believe in God. We're just not sure he's big enough to handle our issues. We believe there's a God. You wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't. We're just not sure he's big enough to handle my mess, my struggles, my mistake. Pastor, how do you say this? Because I see it consistently. But I would say a great start this morning would be to stop circling and start walking with the Holy Spirit. Paul prayed a prayer for us. And if you're looking for a next step this morning, a take home, I think this is the place to find it. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 25. Here's what he said. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Walking with the Holy Spirit, what does this look like? I'll put it this way. The only way to get the only thing that matters, revelation, is through personal commitment and personal devotion. We need a revelation from God, right? That's not just going to church. That's not listening to the latest church podcast. Revelation is a real fancy word for God spoke to you. God spoke to you. Revelation is what God says. Information is what people say. Where do I get this revelation? 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 13 says this. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God What we have received is not of the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spiritual taught words. Anybody ever get frustrated? You go, anybody ever been to the hospital before? Like, and they don't know what the issue is? Anybody ever get mad about it because they start guessing? Well, it could be this. Or I think it, how many just wish they would be like, I don't know, right? I just don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know what your issue is. You're really messed up, and we're not sure why, okay? Some of you are more comforted by the I think. I would rather just hear I don't know, right? Because I don't want you to do experiments on me. Or you ever talk to someone where you're sharing your issues, and like they're no help at all, right? You're talking about your issues, and like, wow, that really sucks for you. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I needed reminded of that, right? Or then you get even better where they're like, well, maybe, men, don't do this to your wives, but maybe if you, maybe you just need to, right? And they start kind of prescribing. You just kind of want to look at them and like, maybe if you just shut up, my life would be a lot better. I know. I believe what's going to cause us to stop circling is not information, it's revelation. Revelation will set you free. What is God saying? I love, I love this verse of the message. It says this, are you tired? Are you worn out? 
burnt out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I don't know about you. I like that freely and lightly. Because oftentimes, life feels anything but that. Anything but freely and lightly. Here's the problem. Distance creates distortion. So we bridge the gap through communication. Distance creates distortion. So you bridge the gap through communication. You ever had a moment where you looked at something, you thought it was something, and it would end up not being that? Right? You see something in distance, like it thought it was a McDonald's sign, ended up being like a hospital or something. Or, or here's better yet. You know why it's not a good idea to fall in love with somebody at a bar? Because then the lights come on and you're like, ah! Because <laughs> distance creates distortion. Okay? This is why some of you are still circling. You think your circling is your punishment. You, th- you can't really tell if God is for you or against you. You think you deserve this somehow. You think the reason you're in this pattern is because of the stupid mistakes that you've made in your life, because of the bad choices. I'm here to tell you, this is not God's purpose for your life. He doesn't punish this way. That's not, he doesn't punish. There's consequences for our sin. But I don't know about you, I would rather be bumbling and stumbling, walking with Jesus, than walking around the same stupid thing over and over again. This feels like I'm living my life on a treadmill. I'm not looking to live life on a treadmill. That's boring. If I'm going somewhere, I want to be walking, even if I'm tripping, even if I'm falling, even if I feel like I can bear, even if I'm crawling, man. I would rather have my eyes fixed on him and follow him than circling the same issue over and over again. Amen. The only way to bridge the gap is to answer the question, what is your communication rhythm with, like, like with God? How do you talk to him? What's that time like with you? What do you spend your, when you spend your time with God, what are you praying about? What are you talking about? See, the moment you found your rhythm, I believe you can stop circling and start walking with God. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What's your rhythm? I grew up in that quiet time generation, right? Everybody get up early in the morning, have your quiet time. Uh, Here's the problem with that. We get up, we pray real quick, and then we're done. And then, like, by the time night comes, you're barely even a Christian anymore because of the way you've treated everybody throughout the day because you just have this quick encounter. I've started to learn that I need to have a rhythm, right? Some of you are just like me. You start, you, you, January, you're like, I'm going to read the whole Bible this year. And you are dead by Deuteronomy, Right? got to Deuteronomy, you're like, I'm done. Stop ripping birds in half and cutting things, right? He was like, I'm going to have a purpose-driven life, and now it's already a purpose-driven failure. Or Bible in a year and done by February. Here's what I've discovered. You've got to find your rhythm. You've got to find your rhythm, and it's more than just a quick, quiet time in the morning. When I get up, I read my Bible on my phone. I have that plan right there. I start on my phone. Listen to the Bible and message version sometimes just to, to break it up. I'll worship, pray in the car, right? Spend time just kind of hanging out with Jesus. Pray in the spirit. Religion wants to give me a set of rules, but here's what I believe. Jesus wants us, church, to go for a walk. He wants us to go for a walk. So what is something you can do this week to start to take that walk with Christ? Here's a quick thing. You understand most people look at their phone 100 times a day, right? So here, how about a social media swap? I don't know what your front picture is, like on your phone, 
but what if you replaced it with a scripture that you're trying to impart inside your life, right? So cut off Boo's picture, take off the kid's picture, whatever else is on there, get rid of that. Find a way to put a verse on your phone so every time you look down at your phone, you've got God's word coming into your life, right? Let me close it this way. How do you know you're not circling and you're walking with God? Here's what I believe, fruit. Not fruity, fruit, right? I, I, I'm, I'm in a charismatic church. We believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit for today, all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you right now, I told them from the first day I walked in the door, I'm more concerned with you having the fruit of the Spirit in your life than you having the gifts. You can fake gifts, but you can't fake fruit. Bible says fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, right? Just start with love. Is that in my life? How do I know? 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. I can stop right there. Because on my way here this morning, there was somebody who was dumb who thought it was good to drive slow in the fast lane. I struggle, just like you. But see, if I don't understand what the picture is, what the image is, what God wants to do in my life, I'm going to miss it. He wants me to be walking with him on a consistent basis. So this is my question. Can I get somebody to come up, play for me as I close? Would you all do that? I can hum or something. I'm just playing. (laughs) Here's my question. Where are you at this morning? You walking with God? You you might be stumbling, tripping, all that kind of stuff, but are you walking on a consistent basis with God? Or as I talk about this, and I talk about circling, you start triggering thoughts in your mind of the same issues you've been walking around for years. Same situation you keep going around. Maybe it's a sin issue. Maybe it's something that, that you know is holding you back. And here's why this is such a big deal. How am I ever going to grab hold of what God has in front of me when I keep holding on to what was behind me? Eventually, this got to go. Now, that may mean you need some help besides just praying in the Holy Spirit. You may need some counseling. I'm, I'm for that. But we also need to understand that if this is ever going to change, we've got to start walking with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said this. Or Hebrews, book of Hebrews said this, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because whatever you fixate on, you go towards, you become. Are your eyes on that this morning or are your eyes on the same situation over and over again? Do me a favor, bow your head, close your eyes. I want to pray. But I want to ask a question. Before I do that, is there anybody in this room who would say, Pastor, that's me, man. I got them issues in my life, stuff that I'm circling, stuff that I'm struggling with. I've tried to come away from it and I just feel like I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm tired of it. I hate it. I hate it. My life just feels like it's going nowhere. I get so far and I fall back down. I'm so tired of this. I believe this. I believe today could be the start of you taking a walk with Jesus that could absolutely transform your life. If you're here this morning and that would describe you, with nobody else looking, just raise your hand and say, pray for me. I'm struggling. Yeah, a lot of hands up. That's good, man. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. I'll pray for you. Jesus, here's what I love. First off, no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Gosh, you're not sitting there watching me walk around my stool going, when are you going to get this right? How many times do I have to tell you? Are you serious again? Like, those aren't your words. That's how my mom talks. But you're not like my mom. That's how our parents have talked to us. That's how people in our life have tried to help motivate us. But that's not who you are. 
you sit, I don't even know you sit there. God, I wonder sometimes if you walk around the stool with me, holding my hand saying, son, whenever you're ready, take a step with me. I didn't, this isn't my purpose for you. I'm not, I don't want you to be here. I don't want to see you stuck here anymore. God, there's some people in this room right now. They're stuck in this holding pattern. They're stuck in this position. God, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would open up eyes, that you would open up hearts. Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our lives, that we would come to you and say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for hanging around the same place that I shouldn't be anymore. Forgive me for not moving into the thing that you have for me. But God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking for your help to stop walking around that thing and to take a step with you. Put one foot in front of the other and say, just for today, I'm going to choose to follow Christ. I'm not going to let that. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking for the conviction that it would pop up quickly in our hearts, that if we find ourselves back in that same place, struggling in that same area, that you would convict us quickly, and that, God, we would let go of that thing, and we would start to move into the thing that you have for us. God, I thank you. I thank you that that is not your goal for our life. I thank you that's not your plan for us. You have much greater things in store. God, help us. Help us to step into that thing you have for us. Man, before I let you out, I, I can't miss this moment. You might be in this room today, and you don't know Jesus. You've never made a commitment to follow him. You've never made him what I said earlier in this service, the Lord and the leader of your life. And today, you're like, Pastor, I want this, man. I want to live. I want to live for him. I'm ready to choose him. Bible says it's real simple. You just believe that he lived and he died for your sins. Three days later, he was, he was raised from the dead. You invite him in, okay? That's not, there's no magic to that. You just basically are saying, God, I believe you're Lord and I choose to make you the leader of my life from this day forward. If you've never done that before and you wanna do that this morning with nobody else looking around, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Is there anybody in this room this morning who would say, that's me, I need to make that commitment? Okay. So that says that everybody in this room is walking with the Lord or you're just not ready to make that decision, and that's awesome. My prayer for you, church, is that God will empower you to walk with his Holy Spirit in such a way that the world will see your life and be transformed by the way you live. Thank you so much. Mike, call you up or? Do I just dismiss? All right. I should dismiss you because I went. I told you I was going to go long. Black preacher thing, man. I'm trying.